0: Welcome once again to A Game from the Radio, the official of the Big This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking with me for our first recorded show of 2023. We have virtually distance, of course, Of course, Elman Jenny Feldy.
1: Good day, good evening, and welcome to A came from the Radio.
0: <laughs> On this week's show, we're going to have another Jaybird and Lee segment. And Elman Jenny Feldy gives an in-depth, possibly, review of Black Panther 2. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah
0: uh, spoilers may be mentioned so keep that in mind of that. but before we do any of that we have to take it away with the news it's more than time The news is brought to you in part by the fine folks of sci-fi.radio. That's sci-fi for your Wi-Fi. As well as the fine folks of the Big Apple Con, which we are the official radio show of. Celebrating over 27 years of pop culture and this and comic book stuff. For more information, go to www.bigapplecc.com. The next convention is scheduled for March 25th and 26th. It is the Big Apple uh, Major Con. It's a two-day show. And I believe tickets are on sale now. And I also want to give out shout-outs for our Patreons, of which there are. Danny Girl, award winning director Jared Burrell, Kyle Horn, Millie Portez, Newsday, famous Rose Media, Ornchicon, Shadow Rabbit Art, Yazan Ray, Rosa, and The Hurricane. You want to get your own little shout out? Go to our website, www.hamphonradio.com. Little button there, there. takes you right to the Patreon page. All right, so let's start off with the sad news. We only have two bits of sad news. So let's see. <clears throat> Journalist and television personality Barbara Jill Walters died recently. As of this recording, which is January 4th, 2023, no cause it does been announced. Um, of note, Barbara began her career on NBC's Today in the early 1960s as a writer and segment producer of women interest stories. Uh, Barbara also created, produced, and co-hosted the ABT Day ABT, ABC Daytime Talk Show The View, which for those of you who were longtime fans of the show, was the basis for our show right now. Uh, she appeared on the program from 1997 until she retired in 2014. Uh, Barbara was inducted to the Hall of Fame – Television Hall of Fame in 1989, received a star in the National Walk of Fame in 2007. She received a Lifetime Achievement Award for National Academy of Television Arts and Sciences in 2000. Her last on-air interview was with none other than Donald Trump. Um, I hear background noise, and I know it's you.
1: (laughs) Oh, sorry. Sorry.
0: (laughs) Her her last on-air interview was with Donald Trump for ABC News back in 2015 of December, and she made her final public appearance in 2016. So she was hiding out through this whole time. Uh, she was 93. Um, as a female, they always say, you know, female empowerment and uh, glass breaking the ceilings. Were you a fan of Barbara Walters?
1: I mean, not for the female empowerment aspect. I've never thought of that once, but that's interesting. But I did, my dad has a book, How to Talk to Anyone, I believe, written by her. I think that's yeah. her book. And I remember reading some pages, and it gave me some ideas on how to speak with people. I'm just, you know, I, I won't do small talk, so that it's very difficult for me to be in public with strangers you know
0: no, that's fair enough um, <laughs> but i'm
1: going to read her book um some you know thank you barbara walters i hope that i get better with people i can't stand the new situation so i'm going to go back to her so from beyond and from here thank you barbara walters
0: well um as i mentioned earlier our show it came from radio is directly based off of the idea of the view so uh, i saw the view and when I came to the opportunity to make a radio show, I was like, I want to make it like that. So this is how the show came to be from that little seed. And I also want to mention, as you know, I'm a very big fan of Norm Macdonald, late like Norm Macdonald, who died in uh, 2021. And there's clips online. Whenever he goes on to The View, he always loves to troll Barbara. Right. <laughs> and he's saying some nonsensical stuff. You can look up the uh, the clips. And he's saying nonsensical stuff and then you listen to his uh descriptions of those interviews he's like i was just saying whatever he doesn't know anything about anything and i always find it funny and you watch the clips and you see him purposefully just trying to, to troll her and poke her and, I, and it's always funny to see her reactions um so yes, yeah she was yeah that's
1: so. my favorite clip i think um what is he screaming i think he's talking about oj Simpson. Is that
0: the one? Or uh, Hillary
1: Clinton? No, he said Hillary, the, the Hillary
0: Clinton. Clinton. He was like, hey, didn't they yeah. kill a person?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yes, 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 yes. I mean, that's unforgettable.
0: Uh, so move- she got really upset. She wasn't doing Yeah, she, she really did, but the funny thing was that he was just talking, you know, he's just being nonsensical. He wasn't even being or serious. Or was he? Or was he, yes. You never know with Norm. And, and you never will know because they're they're both now gone. Mm-hmm. Um. So moving on, for the last bit of sad news, um, soccer player and ambassador, okay, Edison Arantes do Nascimento, more famously known as just Pele, also died recently from multiple organ failure due to colon cancer. Of note, Pele has a Guinness Book World Record for 1,279 goals in 1,363 games, and during his international career, he won three FIFA World Cups in 1958-1960. 1962 and 1970, which is the only player to do so. Um, I remember him uh, being the soccer guy. When I was a kid growing up, you know, as I mentioned many times how if somebody's so famous, they transcend what they're known for. So like, for example, Mike Tyson, everybody knows Mike Tyson, if if Mm -hmm. you're a boxing fan or not. Um, back in the day, it was Wayne Gretzky. He was the hockey guy. Like, if anybody knew anything about hockey, the answer was Wayne Gretzky. So he right. was the soccer guy. He was, anyone knows about soccer? You say Pele. Like that's that was the guy. Um, right.
2: And,
0: and I remember they had like video games on him. And I was like, who is this Pele guy? He must be pretty darn important to be on video games. So that's how I yeah. knew him.
1: Yeah, totally. I mean, being on video games, was pretty cool.
0: Yeah. So he was uh, 82 years old. So that's it for the sad news. We're going to move on to oh, the God. sad news. Uh, from the... That's a lot of nuts! ...department. That's a lot of nuts. <laughs> the new Avatar sequel has held on to the number one spot in a domestic box office, pulling in an additional $67 million in ticket sales in its third week of release, beating out the new Puss in Boots sequel, uh, which is not about cops, as Jen mentioned in an earlier show, uh, which pulled in an additional $16 million in its second week of release. For those of you keeping track, the new Top uh, Gun sequel is officially the highest-grossing film of 2022 with $718.3 million, followed by Black Panther 2 at $436.4 million. The aforementioned Avatar moved up uh, to number four with, 100 and f- with $401 million, and Puss and Boots and and moved up to number 33. So uh, Top Gun won for this year, but now Avatar has the ability to be the highest-grossing film of 20. 23, even though technically it came out in 2022, which is what happened the last time it came out. It came out in, uh, I think it was like December. Uh, it, it opened at low because we had a, a huge snowstorm in the, uh, in the East Coast, and mm. people blamed the snow for poor turnout, and apparently they were right because a after, week after that, it went up, and it was a number one, I believe, for like seven weeks in a row, which is you know pretty darn impressive for its time. Um, so yeah, so now we're going to 2023.
1: Did you watch Avatar yet?
0: I I have seen uh through my sources uh the first like two, three minutes, and i gotta tell you, I wasn't interested. But eventually I'm Got gonna it? get I'm gonna get to it. I'm gonna watch it.
1: I bet you it's boring like Wakanda.
0: <laughs> well you're just ruining your own <laughs> review what? that's coming what out. Do
1: you so- that's ah, fine. They can know. They can know. It's it's not a positive review. It, it doesn't matter what I think, but I'm just sharing what I think as someone who's not important. So just remember, I don't think I'm important, um, but it's a really scathingly bad review. Okay.
0: So, moving on. From the...
1: You're a monster, Mr. Grinch.
3: Your heart's an empty hole. Your brain is full of spiders. You've got garlic in your soul, Mr. Grinch.
0: Department. None other than AMC Networks, following the news that CEO Christina Spade had stepped down just three months after stepping into the job, has announced in a staff memo that the company is planning a, quote, significant number of layoffs in the near future, unquote. The announcement in part reads, our industry has been under pressure from growing subscriber losses. This is primarily due to cord cutting, which uh, for those of you who don't know, that would be people um, not using uh, the cable, They're stopping the cable. At the same time, we have seen the rise of direct-to-consumer streaming apps, including our own AMC+. It was our belief that cord cutting losses would be offset by gains in streaming this has not been the case we are a primarily a content company and the mechanics and the mechanisms for the monetization of content are in disarray it is for that reason that we as a company need to conserve our resources at this time and will undergo significant cutbacks in operations These will include large-scale layoffs, as they will cut into every operation of the AMC networks. We, of course, realize that this will cause significant concern and anxiety for our employees and those who rely on AMC networks for their livelihood. We do not take this lightly. We will take every step possible to minimize the impact of the actions on our community. However, it is imperative that we begin immediately with this new course of action. That's crazy. (laughs)
1: So cord cutting, could you just quickly say what cord cutting is? Because so, that's what this is all about.
0: So cord cutting, um, basically, if you remember the old days, you had the regular three networks, and then all of a sudden, everybody's like, let's get cable, let's get cable. So it was a cable cord. And then people were yeah. like, cable is too expensive. Let's not get cable. And then people are like, hey, let's start doing streaming services. And now there's right. so many streaming services that you're apparently paying more than you would if you had cable. And so right. they're like, we're going to cut the cable, and we're going to keep with streaming services. So that's what cutting the cable means.
1: Right, 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 right. But how is that bad for AMC then?
0: Because AMC has a network on cable. So that Ah, means less people are watching their network shows. They're getting less ratings. Less ratings means less revenue. Gotcha. They they're going to have to get
1: on Netflix or Hulu or something.
0: Well, they had their own streaming service, AMC+. Plus, and they're like, we thought okay. that less people on cable would mean more people on our streaming service. But mm. that didn't happen. And so now they're hemorrhaging money and they don't know what to do. So they're like, we're going to fire everybody.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Because think about it. If you're not going to have cable, are you really going to download the Hallmark app? So you can make up for not having the Hallmark channel anymore? Or are you just going to deal with, oops, I don't have the Hallmark channel anymore, but I got Hulu and I got Netflix.
0: Yeah. You that's... know, it's like
1: I got Hulu and Netflix because I'm a sensible person. So, therefore, no Hallmark, no Nickelodeon. You just have to deal with it. But am I going to download a Nickelodeon app? No. So, I guess it's the same thing with AMC. It's like people weren't running to make up for it, you know?
0: Correct. And they thought otherwise. So. It's I, interesting what's going to happen, but I feel bad for all those people who are just losing their jobs with no hope in sight. Like, they're like, we got to cut money now. So, uh, let's see what happens.
1: Yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of jobs just disintegrate in the next few years, you know? We've uh, already seen it.
0: Yeah, it's it started, and, and uh, apparently it's going to keep on going. So, mm-hmm. moving on, from the... That belongs in a museum department. Once again, the Library of Congress has announced their 25 films that are inducted into the National Film Registry. Uh, the films are selected based on their cultural, historic, or aesthetic importance to the nation's film heterology. Uh The 2022 titles include blockbusters, musicals, silent films, documentaries, and diverse stories of transfers from books to screen. The list of the films are, maybe your, your movie uh, made it, let's see, uh, Mardi Gras' Carnival from ni- 1898, Cap Cowley Home Movies from 1948 to 1951, Serial de Bergerac, uh, I know I pronounced that wrong, from 1950. I've actually heard of that movie. Uh, Charade in uh, 1963, Scorpio Rising, also from 1963, Behind Every Good Man, uh, Titty Cut Follies, T-I-T-I-C-U-T, uh, from 1967, Mingus, Manazar, Betty Tells Her Story, Superfly. I remember Superfly, it was from 1972. Attica, which was 1974. Carrie, the horror movie Carrie, Stephen King, 1976, made it in there. Union Made, uh, Word Is Out, Stories of Our Lives, Bush Mama, The Ballad of Gregorio Cortez. Um, Itam Hakeem Hopliff, I've never heard that movie. Hairspray by, um was the guy that did Hairspray. Uh, John Waters, uh, that came in at, in 1988. The Little Memory, the animated film. Uh, when Harry Met Sally. House Party, the original House Party with um, Kid in Play, uh, Iron Man from uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the first one, and Pariah from 2011. Uh, under the terms of the National Film Preservation Act, each year the Library of Congress names to, to the list 25 films that are culturally, historically, aesthetically significant, and the films must be at least 10 years old. So now those are now part of um, a registry and they're you know, of significance. I think that's kind of cool.
1: I think it's really funny. House party is significant among the time. That's so interesting.
0: <laughs> I Are you wonder if is on there. Um, not for this uh, for this thing. Coolist might be on there. I think it did make it in. But um, yeah, house party. I have never seen it, but apparently, I think they made like three of them, and it was a big deal for its time. I remember it was culturally uh, significant. So there
1: you go. Right. Right. Very interesting. I hope Buffy the Vampire Slayer is on there.
0: Cool. Um, yes, that, that was a movie. I would like to see that on the registry, but That movie as, was great. The
1: the movie was like amazing.
0: I did enjoy the movie and the only reason I watched that movie was because Paul Rubens was in it and as you may remember, I'm a huge Pee Wee fan. So I was like Paul Rubens in it, I must see that movie.
1: Which role did he play? Not the coach, right?
0: He played no, that was Donald Sutherland. Um Right. He played the the vampire who got stabbed but didn't die. And he when he got stabbed he was like, Oh, Oh, that was, like, his main thing that he was, like, pretending to get hurt when he got stabbed. Oh,
1: right, 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 I remember that. So that was... But eventually, that was, he died, though, right?
0: I believe so. Spoilers. I, I believe <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah, yeah,
1: he was like, oh, oh, oh,
0: my God, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah, was that yeah. was, was that so was, funny. That was Paul Rubens. That was, uh, I think, um, oh, I think that would be post-P.D. Hermit. Like, but before he became P.D. Hermit, I don't remember the time frame. I'm I'm old, forgive me. Um, But, yeah, so... If that anyone was why knows
1: a movie like Buffy the Vampire Slayer the original? Please tell me because I I want to watch it. That's all.
0: Well, that's what streaming services are for. Maybe it's on one of these streaming services where you can find it. And I watch want
1: it. to find one like it though. You know, oh, like, like I already it. saw it. I want, yeah, I want something kind of similar.
0: Hmm. Uh, yeah. I did see a movie that I I felt it was it wasn't it had the same feel like a good old fashioned. Um, Uh, action, horror, comedy uh, movie. I just saw this recently and it would have made an honorable mention, but I saw it after we recorded the the show. Um, It was called uh, The Adventures of uh, Rock the Pussy, I believe it was called. And um, it was uh, about a female reporter who winds up uh, trying to get sacrificed to some uh, creatures uh, from a giant octopus monster. Uh, It was very fun. It was very entertaining. It was very lighthearted. It felt like a good old-fashioned female-led action movie where she played, um, she had heart, it was action, she was sexy, it had all the little things that you would remember from a 90s uh, movie. And
3: -hmm. she put it in there, and it was
0: really funny, and it was really entertaining.
1: Okay, interesting. Interesting. You you know so many movies.
0: I do watch a lot. Um, You'd be a movie consultant. (laughs) Uh, That'd be interesting. Uh, So speaking of movies, from the what, what a difference. Department Netflix has announced that blockbuster this sitcom about the last blockbuster store has been canceled after one season due to low ratings. Um, I saw the show, I heard about the show, and as I've mentioned on the show many times, I used to work for Blockbuster for ten years, and it's not as good as people seem to to think it was and I heard about the show, and I was like, Ugh, do I really want to see this? But the the male lead and the person who made the show, I was a fan of. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, I mean, let me watch this show. And it really didn't have to do anything with Blockbuster. Like, it, it played like a regular um, workplace comedy that had Blockbuster as, like, a dressing. Like, that was their hook. Right. But it could have been gotcha. any, you know, any company. That was, you know, trying to save the, the their, their jobs. Exactly. And they had the wacky people working at the place.
1: Right. Yeah, they just stuck it there.
0: Yeah, they and, just threw in the title Blockbuster to give it recognition. <laughs> but if it wasn't called Blockbuster, I would have never noticed. Like, they really were having work there. It was nothing like it. It was just a wacky workplace comedy.
1: And you saw a couple episodes, so you would know. I saw –
0: yeah, I saw all the episodes. I saw all the episodes. It ended on The Hangar, which is funny because, like I said – They're totally
1: riding off the coattails of the name to get famous, you know?
0: Yeah, that was – it was a sad thing because I was like, you know, it's going to go deep dive into Blockbuster. This might be interesting or or they're going to pander, and they didn't do either. It was just like
1: (laughs) – Irrelevant.
0: Yeah, it was just a little – a typical 80s comedy.
1: You know, it's like, it's like the movie The Princess Bride, but I feel like it doesn't have to – it isn't anything what it sounds like. I've i never, never saw the seen
0: movie, The but... Princess Bride. <laughs> okay, yeah,
1: me neither. And only men who are, like, manly men have recommended the movie, and they're like, no, it's not a girly movie. And it's like, well, then why are you going to call it The Princess Bride? Because, <laughs> uh-huh. like, I think it's too girly, and that's why I didn't watch it. But it's not girly at all. All these men like it. So this kind of reminds me of that. It's like, oh, yeah, Blockbuster, but it has nothing to do with Blockbuster.
0: Yeah, it's basically, um, I'm going to throw out the 19, the, the, the American Godzilla, the first American Godzilla movie. Like, if it was a regular horror movie, like a monster movie, would have been fine. But calling Godzilla and it had nothing to do with Godzilla, it really wasn't a good Godzilla movie. So they just tried to get mm. the name recognition. Like they could have just slapped anything on it. It was an enjoyable show, but it was like a little nothing show. You watched it, you know, pass the time type of deal.
1: Oh, well, I guess that's why it's not being renewed, right? Yeah,
0: and you know the but, little the little part of me that worked for Blockbuster for ten years is kind of happy that it came.
1: <laughs> Right? You're like, yeah, you didn't do us justice. Come back, come try again. In ten years, you know. Yes. Take a seat uh, for a decade.
0: Okay, so this one this one's a good one. Uh, I think this will be our final bit of news. All right. From the... It's time for another good idea, bad idea. Bad idea. Department. According to reports, Stephen Capaldi, who was married at the time, along with his brother, purchased and sold thousands of dollars worth of comic books to fulfill his dream of opening a comic book store. Elizabeth which is Stephen's wife, was reported missing by her daughter and, according to police, was last seen alive by her husband on October 10th of last year. The investigation continued, and on December 8th of last year, uh, Stephen reportedly confessed to murdering his wife in an interview with detectives. The husband allegedly said that he strangled his wife with a pillow while she was sleeping. A search of Stephen's phone, wait, uh, a search of Stephen's phone reportedly found confirmation that he was in a six-month-long quote emotional and sexual affair unquote with another woman, as well as multiple internet searches such as how to get away with murder, oh my how, god, how to control your dark impulses,
1: how <laughs> to disappear
0: and never be found, and more.
3: And wow.
0: Stephen reportedly agreed to lead investigators to his wife's body. The police report concludes, which is why I'm bringing it up in our show, the fact that he found someone, his mistress, that he loved and who supported his dream of opening a comic book store with his brother while his wife did not is an alleged motive. So wow. to summarize, this guy killed his wife because she, she did not want him to have a comic book store.
1: Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That That's was so way crazy. Too excited. Well, you know what? You gotta be careful, I guess, of anyone of the same sex. You know, if your husband isn't they them, you know, buy all this stuff and he's just a typical eighties, nineties macho man before the twenty twenty three. You better if there's any women that support him more than me, then I gotta watch out, I guess.
0: I mean it's, so it's like it's,
1: Jen didn't support me. Uh okay, you yeah. know.
0: People have talked about this a lot. Um, it was it was more prominent in the '90s and I would say early 2000 of the the man cave and how uh, you know the the comedies were always the the big stupid man and the you know the hot wife and he doesn't support it and all this type of stuff. So this is kind of what this guy wanted to do, and his wife was like, "No, no comic books for you." And he found a mistress. who's like, "Yeah, comic books, woohoo!" And what? somehow, some way, this guy decided to google which is a lesson for you guys out there don't google how to get away with
1: yeah it's wild
0: this reminds me there was a a movie
1: that's how you don't get away with it
0: (laughs) yes yes exactly this was this reminds me of a movie where the, the the people were like oh how to dispose of a dead body or something like that and they did you know in the movie they did the search and the first thing that came up is do not search Put this on your computer. They will track you. So they right. immediately threw the computer out as the joke. Right. So right. I, I I I'm lost for words.
1: This guy seems really infantile in a lot of ways. You know, he's not realizing what he's searching. You know, he needs he he needs a woman to support his dream. Why can't he just do it by himself? Why well, do you need any woman to be by his side? You know.
0: Right. But I, I, I can't even I can't even f- figure it out. But I just think that maybe this was not his best idea of a, a, a course of action. And I wonder what the, you know, like was the brother that he know because it was him and his brother that made the, the comic book store. So, what part was she in that she was like no? And it went to such a point where he had to kill the wife as opposed to divorce or or just you know keep it That's keep true. it in her where the well, mistress divorced,
1: she could have taken the store away from him. she's like i don't even like your store but i'm gonna take it from you that that could happen oh. so you know he's probably smarter to just kill her but not really i'm okay i'm not advocating i'm just kidding i'm, <laughs> <right> now, <obviously. laughs> I'm just kidding Wink, no, wink. <laughs> no but really like you know what it, it, divorce is such a problem that it murder or death would be better in some instances so therefore just don't get married that's why people we just need to not get married because there is a very good chance that you're going to marry someone who's not going to support one of your dreams. It's a very, I'm sure it's at least a 15% chance. So, uh, just don't just, you know, just just be friends with them, you know.
0: So you don't know, get married, friends with benefits all the way.
1: Yeah, just because they're they're going to do something that you're not going to like at one point and you're going to want to be gone with them, but then you can't because they can take half of everything what you have. So she could have taken the comic book store just out of spite if he divorced her. So that's that's what I'm thinking, maybe why he murdered her. Right, he can't divorce her. She'll she'll take it.
0: You know, that actually, in a sixth sense of way, that does make sense to me. So, all right.
1: Yeah, it's like better to have her gone.
0: Um, we actually have time for one bit more bit of news. So this will be our last bit of news. All right. From the Holy Lawsuit Batman Department. According to writer-slash-artist Chris Wozniak, Wozniak, sorry, Wozniak, um, he is being sued by DC Comics for, quote, writing an unauthorized Batman story. Chris says, <clears throat> I wrote a Batman riddler story that was used to make the, 90, not, the $900 million film The Batman. Warner Brothers' attorneys are not disputing they used my story to make the film, even though they know I can prove that. So instead of providing fair credit and compensation, they're having DC Comics sue me for writing an unauthorized Batman story. Everyone who worked for freelance or everyone who worked for or freelance at DC Comics in the 90s knows full well that established freelancers were given free license to submit stories anytime they wanted. It's probably how 90% of the DC Comics were made at the time. And if DC Comics likes your story... They put it on the contract. That was standard company practice for decades. But my Batman story is the only one that was ever used without a contract in place, and Warner Bros. knows that. That's a huge problem. So as anyone, uh, I asked to be paid for my contributions. All I asked was for whatever other credited writers received, no damages, no extras of any kind, but instead of doing what's right. Warner Brothers and DC Comics opted to fabricate a ridiculous lawsuit designed to bankrupt a single dad with a 10-year-old daughter. They're even seeking legal um, fees, which will cost nearly half a million dollars. They're demanding that I back off. I will not. Again, DC Comics is suing a freelance writer for submitting a Batman story 30 years ago. Suing a freelancer simply for submitting a story is completely unprecedented. It is something all freelance writers did at the time It was regularly encouraged by DC Comics. Many former DC Comics writers and editors are willing to confirm this. It was a regularly accepted practice, business as usual, because Warner Brothers neglected to negotiate the rights for my story. They're trying to run me off rather than pay me. Um, I remember this case. Uh, he actually went on YouTube and he, when the movie came out, he was like, hey, this looks like my comic. So he... Hmm went online, and he showed his original script, and he showed the comparisons to the movie, and it was pretty darn similar. And Mm. then um, uh, he proved his case beyond a shadow of a doubt, obviously, so that way they're suing him now, and then he set up a GoFundMe account. If you want to help with his legal fees, just go to GoFundMe and look up uh, Chris Wozniak, W-O-Z-N-I-K. It's crazy that they would do that.
1: For submitting... And in, did he, he didn't make any money off it. It's not like he made anything from it, has he?
0: Correct. He did not. It was never published. At least I don't think it was published. And, uh, but
1: they just want him gone because it, it shows that they're going to owe him money, basically, that they stole his thing.
0: Right. And that's the one wow. thing because if if they admit <laughs> that they you know do all this stuff, then he has the ability to sue them for more money, even though he's not asking for it. He can always go back and say, mm-hmm. hey, they owe me this money. So I think that's where the, the gray area is of them wanting to to you know make him go away. But you know, he wrote the Batman. Essentially, if you go on, like I said, go online, look up Chris Wozner, W O Z N I A K, uh look on YouTube. It's a really interesting uh side by side comparison of what his script is and what the movie is and the slight changes they made. And even um interviews from the and filmmakers. He submitted, it. He yeah, submitted yeah. it
1: before they made it.
0: He submitted so- it in the nineties. <laughs>
1: Right, and they this, never acknowledged him or anything. They just took the idea.
0: Right, because it probably was sitting around. Somebody probably thought the guy was paid for uh, the story. They gave it to Warner Brothers. They said, like, let's make a movie out of this. They made a movie out of this. And someone was like, oh, crap. We didn't give him this. We didn't pay this guy. It not on the contract.
1: I wonder. I wonder if it was an oops or if it was just like they were collecting submissions just to get ideas and then stealing the ideas. You know, a lot of times I see contests online and I think they just want my idea that there is no – there's a million-dollar prize I saw today for submitting something for your own show. It's like how do I know they're not just going to take my idea and then do it without me, you know?
0: But even still, that's, that's the thing. So, if, so I doubt because, like, like he said, back in the 90s, that's how they got their stories. They, they were hiring freelance writers because books were late. Whatever reason, they got stories. And they put them aside, and then if they decide to use the story. If somebody was late, they could pull out the information. Hey, let's—we had a story. Let's pay the guy. Call it a day. But I think maybe in this situation, it was a we thought we did, and you know, people got fired and tired. Thirty years ago, somebody thought they got paid, and they didn't. But now, because Warner is being Warner Bros., like uh, we gotta nip this in the bud now, and so it's a big thing.
1: They are on the offensive rather than the defensive. <laughs>
0: Yeah. I, I they
1: sue him right out of town. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna that's what they're out doing. But, yeah. he
0: has, but he has a legitimate case. Like, they're not saying that he didn't write the story. They're not saying that at all. But they're suing him saying that he wrote an unauthorized Batman story. So he's not entitled to the money. But it was authorized in a way because that's what the practice was back in the day. So it wasn't like a written thing, but people submitted stuff all the time
1: you got me this is just a mind f they say yes <laughs> this, yes it is it, this is breaking my brain you know <laughs> so like i what how can this happen you know
0: i i, I hope it, it works out so people if you're listening if you can support him i, I say go to his GoFundMe page but hopefully it just works out and he gets some type of compensation for it but we're out of time for our news segment so l man feldy final thought
1: Love yourself, brush your teeth, never go a night without brushing your teeth before bed.
0: All right, fair enough. So with that, we're going to take our break, and we'll be right back with Game from the Radio.
1: Hi, you've heard my voice open and close the show. Now we want to hear your voice. If you have a business or product, you can record a commercial here. We offer 30 and 60-second spots. For more information, contact Mark at mfc-studios at hotmail.com.
3: My neural net processor is linked to sci-fi.radio. It's sci-fi for my Wi-Fi. The more I listen, the more I learn.
1: Hey, everybody. This is Todd McFarland of the Record Setting Spawn comic series. And if you're looking for any kind of cool conversation about creators, about entertainment, about all that good stuff, you go to It Came From the Radio. You're listening to the right spot. Hey, guys. This is Christy from Custom Cakes by Christy. I want you to know that I'm here for you. I'm keeping my private kitchen open for any needs your family may have. I've been focusing on bread, soups, muffins, quiches, and other basics, but I'm still accepting dessert orders as well. Please follow my Facebook for immediate pickup items, private message me for custom orders. Custom Cakes by Christy, K R I S T Y. Text me at 631-606-8166. Now, back to our show.
2: This is Jay Britton Lee, and we're here to talk about movies, music, TV, and what's going on in our part of the world. Today, we're going to talk about Spotify Wrapped.
3: Yes, it is our fi- finale of the year, almost. Right? Yeah,
2: it's perfect we, timing.
3: We love Spotify. Mm-hmm. We love music. We love how um, we're trying to figure out like what our top moments are of the year.
2: Yeah, it's uh, it's great. I mean, like we spend all year waiting for this one moment of the Spotify.
3: Yes, the Spotify. <laughs> exactly. We wait all year to find out like what we listen to the most. Uh, <laughs> yeah.
2: What genres, what people, how many minutes we listen to, and all that. Yeah. So, how many minutes did you listen to this year? Oh my
3: gosh, I think it was over 9,000.
2: 9, 9,000?
3: Yeah, 9,000. Which I think is, you know, I remember last year you were a lot.
2: Last year I was 108,000. This year I'm 82,000. Thousand nine hundred something.
3: Oh my gosh, man! You, you listen to a lot of music. I know you. Oh did, yeah. You were listening to a lot in your sleep. No,
2: not not as much as I did this year. I didn't though.
3: This year you didn't. This
2: year I didn't. So there's a reason why it like went down by like thirty thousand minutes. Oh really? By thirty thousand
3: yeah. <laughs> minutes? Okay. All right. So what was your top? Um, What was your top songs, or top, yeah, top songs, your top five? Okay,
2: so my first one was Strawberry Water by Bryce Vine. Okay. Second one was Dark Red by Steve Lacey. Third one was Fighting in the Car by Joe P. The fourth one is Naked by Phineas. And the fifth one is Bella by Bryce Vine.
3: Okay, so I only know Bryce Vine. Oh, no, (laughs) I know Phineas, I think. Um,
2: He's uh, Billie Eilish's brother. Right, yeah. I like him better than... I do, Billie Eilish. Okay,
3: all right. Um, What about you? What were yours? What was mine? Mine, um, let me see. My top songs were Everyone Looks Like Everyone by The Pack A.D. (laughs) Unconditional by Arcade Fire Unconditional 1 by Arcade Fire
2: That sounds uh, accurate
3: Yeah I like that song It's a good one Bad Vibes by K-Flay That was
2: definitely not influenced by me
3: Yeah But you know what's so funny I didn't think I listened to that that much
2: I didn't think so either Especially like the next one
3: Yeah right The next one is of course Bryce Vine, Sour Patch Kids Which again Like I like that song But I didn't think I listened to it that much
2: I didn't think so either
3: And then a good but oldie for us, nineteen. I think it's 1990 or so, Right Here, Right Now by Jesus Jones.
2: That, I have no idea who that is.
3: Right here, right now. No. No? No. Nope. What a great song that is.
2: What about your uh, top artists?
3: My top artists? I think... For this year was The Beatles, which is, you know, Mm. it's always in my top five. But this was the number one. And I think it was Get Back, mostly, because the documentary came out this year.
2: Yeah, that makes sense. And
3: we listened to that a lot. And I think I listened to it a lot with Riley. Um, Of course, you know, my top five has always got to have Foo Fighters in it. (laughs) So, you know, Foo Fighters is the thing for me. Um, You know, K-Flay, again, which I... Thought was kind of weird, but all right, you know, <laughs> Arcade Fire and Pearl Jam, which of course is my big time alternative band that I introduced Uncle Gary to. And now he has <laughs> gone to probably about 30 concerts for Pearl Jam. Oh band. my
2: God, that's crazy.
3: All right, what's yours?
2: Um, surprisingly, Foo Fighters wasn't on it this year, but number one is Bryce Vine. Two is Grandson. Three is Phineas. Four is MGK. And five is Porsche Betts, a person I learned from, okay, so we went to, my uncle and I went to a Bryce Vine concert, and he was the opener.
3: Porsche Betts? Yeah. Is he country? No. No? No. And he's a good song? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I guess I'll have to try that, because I haven't heard it. (laughs) I know. (laughs) I know. I know. Man, right, I'm so out of, like, the loop with that kind of stuff. But at least, you know.
2: Oh my god. I listened to ten thousand three hundred and sixty five minutes of Bryce Vine.
3: Did you really? Yep. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, wow. I didn't even realize that's how could... much
2: you that's more than you listened.
3: All year. <laughs> All, year. <laughs> All year. Oh my gosh.
2: And I listened to nine hundred and ninety four artists this year. Nine hundred
3: and ninety four? I think mm-hmm. I was about four hundred artists, maybe?
2: No. How many songs did you listen to this year?
3: Oh, um, how many songs? I don't know. Probably about 800 or something. I don't know. Mine's
2: 1922. And I listened to the Strawberry strawberry Water, that one song, 717 times.
3: Oh my gosh. I only listened to the one song for like the, uh, Everybody Likes Everybody for like 46 times. <laughs> <laughs> that's terrible alright, anyway, we're out of here I hope uh, you guys listen to Spotify or listen to some good music
2: mm-hmm. stay
3: safe, stay healthy, and stay connected
0: this is Tammy Stronach,
1: um, best known for playing the childlike empress in The NeverEnding Story, an upcoming man and witch fantasy film. You are listening to It Came
3: From The Radio.
0: Hello, friends. This is Ranger Rob, and I'd like to talk to you about dog poop. That's right, dog poop. I invented Ranger Rob Pet Poopy Bags, a very large bag with handles. My bags support large and small dogs, and smell like lemon. They are strong and affordable. You can find Ranger Rob Pet Poopy Bags at Amazon. They come in sheets or in rolls and come with a dispenser. Once you try Ranger Rob Pet Poopy Bags, you'll never want to go back. So come join us. Go to Amazon and try Ranger Rob Pet Poopy Bags today.
1: Now, back to our show what's good radio heads you know this is l man and i have my second movie review ever I'm gonna review right now black panther 2 wakanda forever i got notes on this so let's go wakanda Wakanda, conda more like Wakanda. sorry that movie was whack I me thinking, it what kind of movie am i watching what kind of person would find this interesting uh what kind of society are we living in that thinks that this is exciting what did i think of wakanda uh i don't think i'm gonna be running to see wakanda 3 i'm not gonna be walking i'm not gonna be tiptoeing and i'm not even gonna be crawling um i maybe i would see wakanda 3 to hate watching you know i'm not trying to spread hate but sometimes it's fun to just Really watch something and be like what the hell is this now? The only reason I'm reviewing this movie. I don't review movies This is my second review ever. I believe uh, It's because when I agreed to go to this movie, which I really didn't agree to do the person who bought tickets for this movie Bought them without me even confirming that I'm going so I look at the movie and I see the runtime is two hours and 40 or 41 minutes and then I look to see that like the guy already bought tickets, and I'm like, what the hell? So now I'm stuck in the theater for two hours and 40 minutes. I mean, being stuck in the theater for anything over an hour or 90 minutes is like, you're really pushing it. So for me, as soon as I saw two hours and 40 minute runtime, I'm thinking, who in their right mind is so self indulgent and full of themselves and narcissistic to think that anybody wants to sit through their art for two hours and 40 minutes? Me, as a stand-up, I feel like five minutes, maybe an hour, if I got good material, if our comedians got good material. If I'm doing a movie, I probably will never make a movie that's over 90 minutes. I think even 45 minutes in training, it's about 40 minutes, 45 minutes, that's when people get tired. All right, so Wakanda, I wanted to like it. I so, so wanted to like it, but my God, the whole time I'm sitting there, and even since... I kept on valuing and thinking, what could be done in three hours? Because you think about it, I left my house, I started getting ready around five or six. I leave the house, I think, six-ish to get to the movie. And by the time I got home, it was about 11, and then I had to eat something, it was 12. So basically, 5 p.m. to 12, at least six hours, about seven hours of my life was used just going to see this movie. I mean, I could probably become a surgeon in the amount of time that this movie took up. I mean, if I focused, you know, if you focus, you could do anything. If you believe it, you can be it. All right, so let's go to the specifics. Angela Bassett's face, so, so beautiful. Did they honor her? I'm going to say, nah, not really, because a real honor would be giving her interesting dialogue, which would make her appear intelligent, interesting, engaging, wise, inspirational, eloquent. I mean, her face was there, but yeah, make her shine with a few words and say, wow, that woman is really profound. But to me, the movie's making her, and then if you want to make a blanket statement about women, which is never a good idea, if she looks like she has nothing too exciting to say, then women look like they have nothing too exciting to say. But again, never do that. Never do that. But there is a lot of talk about how women are represented, and black people are represented, and white people are represented. There's a lot of talk about representation in this movie, which that alone is just kind of disgusting. So I'm not going to talk about representation, representation. That word was used a lot. All right, so uh, Angela Bassett, I didn't find that she said too much, but then on the flip side, I can give her credit because we're a society full of talking points that's saying, oh, you have to speak your truth, and people put so much emphasis in the media on speaking your truth, but what about doing, you know, we have so all this focus on talk, enough talk, how about the action, where... You know this woman in this movie. She definitely was all about the action. Shot. I don't. I found her to be a woman. A few words, boring for the screen, but she seemed to get things done, and that's admirable. So, I'm I'm a little back and forth on on her verbal stuff. To me, if we were friends, she's gonna have to say more. Uh, Merman, Merman. Favorite part of the film. Probably the only thing I like the the guy with the um the doves. I think he's like dubbed, winged feet. By the way, spoilers. 4 minutes and 32 minutes into this. Lots of spoilers into this, okay? There's beautiful, beautiful landscape shots. There's the Merman playgrounds. Wakanda's really a beautiful, stunning place. You know, just due to the visuals, I mean, that that keeps me, that kept me kind of happy. I was like, okay, you know, it felt like I went somewhere really beautiful. But to really steal the deal, I'd like to see a cameo featuring Carmen Electra and Victor Webster and the ice cube uh, and then that movie would be complete if you don't know who victor webster is he's like one of the most stunning men on the planet and you should definitely look him up all right another positive for this movie it's nice to show smart women there's a scientist there's a powerful queen a genius daughter who became a princess but what about the powerful men there really weren't too many powerful men there was like some warrior guy that looked pretty strong and then there was the merman dude who I really like the merman guy um all right so <laughs> yeah this is true i wrote this uh you know how the cliche is that guys think about baseball and their grandma to slow down well i'll think of wakanda wakanda is the new baseball like my grandma baseball let's get us out of the mood wakanda i mean for me wakanda is going to just take me right out of the mood this movie was not was not my version of what what i think is sexy which i think very witty language is sexy and uh carmen electra and victor webster and and ice cube yeah all right uh there's there's a saying why say something with 10 words when you could say it with one or two words well uh, i think this movie ran with that way too far this was a movie of very few words i feel like the whole movie dialogue could just be summed up with hello my name is aman yes we must fight i mean that's that's really what i heard i don't know i was so bored and angry by how bored i was during the whole movie that i didn't hear a lot of things i just uh, to me there was zero zero dialogue and i seemed like it was written by an 11 year old with zero sex appeal which i guess 11 year olds aren't supposed to have sex appeal so i guess that's a good thing but I really feel like in the writers' room, maybe a word came up, and they're like, "Oh, anyone over twelve is gonna get this." You know, we got to make sure that only people who haven't gone to any college, which college is overrated, so I'm not pushing college on anyone. Uh, I almost wish I didn't go to college, but and anyone, I just feel like this was made for kind of morons, uh, people with moron vocabulary, or people with very limited vocabulary. This movie is good for them. This is not a movie to learn uh, mastering the English language. I just feel like they could have upped the vocabulary. Not that my vocabulary is so great ever or in this video for sure. Uh, But hey, this is my review. This is one thing I'm looking for. I want to learn some words. I want to have to see something on screen and go, holy, what does that mean? I got to look it up. Uh, I predicted not liking it. But uh, I was actually in amazement and slightly bewildered. That it exceeded my expectations for boring. It was way way, more boring and unexciting than I expected. Uh, My expectations are usually on par. I mean, uh, I guess I started getting angry the second those tickets were were bought. Maybe something knew me psychically. I just knew I wasn't going to like this movie. All right, this movie's perfect for deaf people because nothing of value was said. So this is great if you're deaf. You could just enjoy the beautiful visuals. I didn't hear anything that was really thought-provoking. The only thing that this movie did that provoked the thought was it made me question my existence and this is not me trying to be funny uh you know women aren't funny uh someone just wrote that on my youtube so you know i learned that today women aren't funny um so uh, the thing i was questioning about my existence was where do i fit in, in this world this movie is a blockbuster hit and everyone likes this And I don't like it. Maybe something's wrong with me. And I really was thinking that a lot of things were wrong with me. But then a few people told me that it got a lot of bad reviews. And after I listened to only one review, I was like, okay, I'm not that far of a deviant in the social experience. Because I'm like, you know, I'm used to not fitting into so many social norms. But if this is the norm for excellence law, I'm just not there. All right. the, The whales, on a positive note again, the whales were cool. And there was one piece of squash. I don't know if it was an acorn squash or a butternut squash, but I like squash. And it was nice to see some healthy food. Uh, Again, I wrote about the 12-year-olds being the vocabulary level. Um, (laughs) Ice Cube needs to speak out about the Democrats and Wakanda. You can do your own research to understand what that is. All right, so I did a live notes from the theater, so I'm just going to read you some of my notes. Alright, it's one hour later, I still hate it. It's two hours later, I still hate it. Four hours later, I got home after that. I still hated it. Uh, Absence from the movie, and even closing my eyes in the middle of the movie, did not make my heart grow fonder. And some time has passed since I saw the movie a few weeks ago, and uh, I don't think my heart has grown any any fonder. So, back to the movie theater, my notes... There were really cool swords that cut guns. See, anytime I saw something I liked, I tried to write it down. See, I tried to be positive. I mean, swords that cut guns. That's pretty cool. There were people climbing out of the sides of ships and spinning helicopters around. Uh, The lead's perfect skin. uh, Angela Bassett, at whatever years old, I was trying to see if she had scars above her eyebrows that show she had a facelift. And this is no, no shade. I'm a licensed cosmetologist and makeup artist. I like to see what people do to make themselves look awesome. More notes from inside the theater. The guy rises from the water wearing a pearl necklace. Is he Spanish? Is he an elf? Is he gay? Not that there's anything wrong with that. I've been bored for 80% of this movie and I'm only 20 minutes in. I'd rather listen to my dad's recipes that are at least 20 minutes long. It's been 40 minutes, there's no jokes. Not one joke, nothing witty. Shove vibranium where the sun don't shine. And when she put on the Iron Man flying suit and exited through the roof, I was hoping that she would take me with her. Please, just take me through the roof. Take me out (laughs) of here. There's a really cute little girl. Alright, there's nice scenic landscape shots. This movie, it's no Gravesend, but it's still cool. That's something to think about. The movie started at 7pm. It's 8.33. I still don't care. Maybe I'm a bad person. Am I a bad person? Do I have no taste? Do I have a chemical imbalance? Should I care more about this movie? I'm thinking about eating the baked potatoes I made. Maybe I'll stay fasted till tomorrow. I don't know. Mm, back to the movie. Who the f- cares? How's Joe Biden's brain? All things I'm thinking about instead of into the plot of the movie because nothing really hooked me. Uh, morning uh, during a speaking engagement. Someone could try to rob you. So if you ever say yes to a speaking engagement, this happens to one of the characters, everyone knows you're going to speak. And then they know, oh, you're not going to be home. We can we can rob them. Uh, someone said, you just hung up on the queen. She goes, I just hung up on my mom. There's a difference. So finally, after about an hour, there was a joke. You know, she's dissing her mom. Whoa. And that that leads me to talk about how familiarity breeds a lack of respect. So usually there's a lack of respect when you live with someone because familiarity breeds contempt. And when you get to know anyone, a lot of their magical qualities just are dimmed. So if you want to seem like a powerful queen, uh, well, don't get close to your family and don't live with anyone because it takes away a lot of the magical joie de vivre. Um, So, yeah, don't live with anyone. And if you have kids or a husband or or parents, a lot of times they're not going to really be impressed, even if you are the queen or the king as we see in this movie. Uh, There's a heartfelt speech at the end, about 9.25 p.m., 2.5 hours in. And uh, after two hours, I just don't care. So sorry about your heartfelt speech, two and a half hours in. I don't know. I think for a lot of attention spans, people are probably just done. There was one other show movie I watched very recently. I'm not going to say the name of it. And I just couldn't get into it. And the whole time I'm thinking, I'm watching several episodes. I'm thinking, is there something wrong with me that I don't like this? You know, people think it's so great and they say, oh, this is amazing. You got to watch this. You got to watch this. You got to watch this. And I'm watching it and I'm just, I don't care. I don't care at all. And I'm like, is there something wrong with me that I don't like what everyone thinks is cool? So. You know, uh, when that happens, if you look at reviews, a lot of times you might realize that you're not crazy. I I was starting to think maybe something was wrong with me, that I'm not liking this movie and this other show. Uh, Final thoughts. I'd like to have that much faith in a dude in his underwear. That's a lot of power to make so many submit. (laughs) What does it take to have hundreds submit to your leadership? And uh, I'd like to see this movie rewritten by Larry David. Or me. If Larry David wrote some comedy into this and kept the beautiful landscapes, this could be really cool. So just basically Wakanda Forever for Never could be a decent movie if you just throw the script in the garbage. You can keep maybe two sentences, keep the background, you can keep all the actors, just add Carmen Electra, add Victor Webster, add Ice Cube, add some jokes, add a little sexiness. I mean... You can mix up the outfits a little, perhaps. Throw in a few jokes. And then it'd be a great movie, because it'd be totally different. Okay, signing off. Back to you, Mark.
3: Ever wanted to enter the world of comics, but didn't know where to start? Worry not true, believers. We at the comic book school may just have the answer to your questions. Created by comics veteran Buddy Scalera, Comic Book School is a free online educational resource that helps rising creators learn the craft and business of making comics through resources like forums, interviews, publication opportunities, publisher guidelines, and step-by-step blog posts. For more info, please visit our site at www.comicbookschool.com. Be sure to join our forums and follow us on social media while you're there. We'll see you on the message boards.
1: Hi, this is Sue Lee from Face Off Season 2. You're listening to It Came From The Radio...
3: If you had any honor, you would listen to sci-fi.radio. The
1: sci-fi for your Wi-Fi. Kapla.
0: Now back to our show. So that about does it for this week on the Came from the Radio. Join us right here any week on this radio station. If you miss any part of the show. Tough. Go to our newly revised website, www.itcamefromradio.com. The archives will be up in a week or so. Check us out on such places as btd.radio, sci-fi.radio, indievolt.com, centraloregonradio.com. Check us out on our places such as Facebook, Instagram, YouTube page, Twitter.
1: And always follow the cost-benefit ratio. If the benefits outweigh the costs, do it. If the costs outweigh the
0: benefits, don't do it. Or just Google, it came from the radio.